Vote for your mic. Want to support 3CR's diverse and independent voices? Well, it's not too late, and we still need your support. Donate now by calling 9419 8377 or donate online at www.3cr.org.au or post us a cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. Fight for your mic. Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight the greedy capitalists. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday the 23rd of June. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow and thanks for tuning in and thanks to Annie for another very interesting uh, program of Solidarity Breakfast and that music was uh, Waving Goodbye by Lou Bennett and The Sweet Cheek. And uh, every week here on 3CR Radio, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links and those uh, numbers, um, Giselle. You can find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. You can also email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. Fantastic. And uh, what's on today's uh, program? Obviously, we've got the news roundup. We've got a um, actually a full list of uh, news from the region. But uh, what's the interview in the second half of the program, Giselle? In the second part of the program, I thought it was probably time we got an update about what was happening for workers in the Philippines. So we speak with Steph Rabusa, who is um, from Migrante, Melbourne, who works with um, Filipino workers based here in Australia and, of course, in continues to work on the international solidarity struggle. Interestingly though, Pierre, I know that um, one of the most important issues for Filipino workers is what's happening with the war on drugs, but we didn't really talk about that in this interview. Sure, that'll be for another interview. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, it's uh, just on, um, oh look, it's uh, almost four past nine o'clock. It's obviously, I've been uh, a bit uh, slow here, just staying up watching the soccer, maybe a bit too much, but uh, we'll go straight to the news. Uh, Giselle, over to you. We're going to start with the refugee situation here in Australia. Of course, pe- uh, many of you will know the story of Nadi Salangam and Priya, the two um, Australian born daughters of a Tamil family and the first attempt to um, stop their deportation. Well, there is an update to that particular case. Um, So just to give you some background, a family of Tamil asylum seekers have lost their appeal against deportation, prompting supporters to call on Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton to intervene in their case. Nadi Salangam and Priya and their Australian-born daughters, nine-month-old Duroniga and two-year-old Kopiga have been in a Melbourne detention centre for 108 days after they were taken from their home in um, Baloala in the central region of the Queen of Queensland. 
The family have lived in Baloala for four years and are well regarded by the close-knit community there. On the 5th of March, one day after Priya's bridging visa expired, Australian Border Force officers visited their house and transported them 1,500 kilometres from Queensland to a detention centre in Melbourne. Priya arrived in Australia in 2013 and her husband in 2012 and they met and married in Australia. Their daughters have never left the country. A petition in support of the family has over 100,000 signatures and practically the whole of the 5,000-strong Baloala community wants them back in their town. I think that's an incredible um, story and the uh, really the inhumanity and the barbarity against asylum seeking refugees is astounding. And I don't know if you saw the news um, this morning, Giselle, but I just saw a news item that said that the, it seems Australia is working on a secret agreement with Taiwan that, so that uh, refugees on Nauru who will need medical attention can be transported and uh, cared for in Taiwan. And of course, we can all poo-poo the Trump administration for their, his barbarity in relation to family separations. But we are not, uh, firstly, I mean, the stolen generation is exactly Australia's policies and um you know, let us not forget that infamous phone call that Trump had with Turnbull um, at the start of his administration, where he said, where, where Trump said to Turnbull, wow, you're worse than me. So, I mean, our, our refugee policies are abhorrent, on par with the abhorrence of the United States administration. That's right. And in Europe, they actually, uh, all the far right always talks about Australia's policies as something to emulate. But really, I mean, the thought of, of taking refugees for medical treatment to Taiwan borders on, well, apart from inhumane, it's almost like something you couldn't dream up anyway. But the fight will continue. We now uh, will stay in Australia where um, this coming uh, June 28th will mark the first year anniversary for scores of maintenance workers at ExxonMobil's onshore and oil facilities um, who've been uh, one year on their picket line. The workers uh, were terminated as a block by their employer maintenance contract at UGL and we're told that they could keep their jobs if they signed up to a new agreement that cut wages by 15 to 30 percent and other entitlements as well as forcing them onto new worse flying flyout rosters. A fundraiser for these workers earlier this week in Melbourne raised about 10,000 Australian dollars for them. This fight is part of a global fight against companies that use short-term contracts, subcontracting, casualisation to break our organisations and drive down wages and conditions. After almost two weeks on strike on Thursday the 14th of June, around 50 workers who were on the picket line in Maralao, Bulacan, were attacked by around 200 baton-wielding police. Um, Bulacan, by the way, comrades, is in the Philippines. The police charge resulted in many of the workers suffering injuries, with 20 of them being arrested. The workers were protesting over ongoing union busting by the company, the chronically low wages they receive and the fact that most are still casual, even though some of them have workers there for up to 10 years. So those issues that are raised in this particular dispute will be discussed in the conversation with Steph Rabusa in the second part of the show. But um, this is this company where this particular dispute is happening is Nutra Asia. Um, quite uh, quite stunning the um, the brutality against workers. We now go to Thailand, 
We, um, uh, there's a couple of uh, interrelated uh, news. With um, Last Monday, 26-year-old uh, Terasak Longji was executed at Bangkok's Bangkwang Central Prison via a lethal injection. This was the first execution in Thailand in nine years and was a complete surprise um, to most as there had been no forewarning that executions were to be restarted. And um, government official just last year had stated a death penalty was going to be phased out in any case. In another development, in the latest of a series of announcements postponing general elections, the dictator General Prayuth Chanocha announced that new elections, which they had recently announced were going to be held in 2019, will now only take place after King Vajiragong Khan formally ascends to the throne. Now, the official coronation is an elaborate ceremony that takes time to prepare and no date has been set as yet. Meanwhile, last week, the king formally took control of his family assets, which are worth an estimated US $30 billion. So that's Thailand for you these days. Now looking at the Anganwadi workers in India, I have to say I just need to declare my cards for the. I think these women are the most inspiring women in the world and I hardly ever say stuff like that. But every time I hear about their struggle, it want, it just makes me want to burst. The last 18 months has seen incredible mobilisations all across India by the Anganwadi workers. These are maternal and child healthcare workers. Um those mobilisations have won pay rises for many of them. The latest group to win after long struggles and resisting ongoing repression were the Anganwadi workers of the southeast state of Andhra Pradesh. The workers themselves will get a 30% pay rise, while their helpers will actually get a 60% pay rise. I put that in just for you, Giselle. Oh, well, I thought you, you liked the Anganwadi. <laughs> but, but truly, I mean, their struggle um, is incredible and we brought lots of um, news and information and um, there's actually great articles and photos of, of them as well. We'll just quickly go to a very, very important community announcement. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 94198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood. 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. That's right, while uh, Radiothon is actually finished, um, although I think Gardening Radiothon is uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still donate. We actually haven't quite reached our target, Giselle, so there's a few outstanding regular listeners that we know haven't quite pledged it. So if you're feeling guilty, so you should feel guilty. <laughs> and um, Oh, you, that's the Pierre yeah. I remember. <laughs> you know how to pay up, so pay up before we have to come to visit you. And Anyway, we'll keep going. It's 12 past 9 o'clock. 
o'clock. We go to India, where last week tens of thousands of retired employees of the State Transport Corporation gathered in Chennai, the capital of Tamil Nadu state, for a five-day protest. Their complaint was that the government is not paying them the dues that they have accumulated while being employees of the State Transport Corporations. On top of their pensions, the workers are also demanding that the medical insurance should also be provided. The state um, of Tamil Nadu, the, the government, has for years deployed a number of bureaucratic delaying tactics and claims that the corporation are running at a loss and therefore cannot um, pay the workers' entitlements. And their entitlements actually their money. Now to the disaster in Yemen. Uh, of course, we've been trying to find someone to talk to about the situation there, but um, the crisis is so deep. I think a radio interview with community radio in Australia is the least of people's worries. In a recent briefing, the United Nations has estimated that if the war and economic blockade of Yemen continues, by the end of the year, over 18 million people in Yemen will face starvation. This disaster is the result of the invasion of the Saudi of Saudi Arabia led invasion of that country in 2015 that worsened an already bad situation. Working class communities in Yemen participated in the Arab Spring movement that started in 2011, but their efforts to reform their countries were soon drowned in blood as various elites began a civil war. Only through an immediate stop to the ongoing aggression by the Saudi-led coalition will this situation improve. And of course, workers' efforts to build an international united force to beat back the war. That's right. Um, it's it's quite uh, um, appalling what's happening there. We now um, go to another appalling um, company this time where human rights abuses are accumulating at the Coca-Cola company. The International Union of Food Workers, the IUF, has launched a major online campaign in response to recent developments at Coca-Cola around the world. Uh, and we'll just give you a, a number, uh, just some of them. In uh, Indonesia, Coca-Cola bottler Amatil is pursuing its long-running attack on the rights of independent democratic unions and we we have brought um, updates on that fight. Uh, in the Philippines, the major Coca-Cola bottler, FEMSA, is violating, violating fundamental um, rights while it brutally destroys uh, employment and, and um, workers' organisations. Uh, mass layoffs, with little explanation or justification, have been accompanied by a refusal to engage in meaningful collective bargaining with the Federation of Coca-Cola Unions, the organisation that represent the majority of Coca-Cola workers in that country. in um, We don't often talk about Haiti, but in Haiti, its bottler of Coca-Cola, Le Brasseur de la Corune, continues to systematically deny workers their right to form and be represented by a union. While in the USA, the Coca-Cola bottling company of northern New England has hired an expensive union-busting consultancy firm. So this is just some of the global union-busting um, measures by Coca-Cola. So, um, the, so the RUF has actually um, organised an online, um, online um, campaign to um, battle for these workers' rights, if you can go to the uh, website. But obviously, um, Giselle, the best way to, uh, to fight will be to organise uh, 
uh, co-collar workers at a global level and actually uh, take ex- coordinated industrial action. Mm. <clears throat> Sounds like a global picket line to me. Does must be coincidence. Uh, we're going to look now at the situation for Tetley workers. Um, so Tetley is obviously a tea um, a company. Um, for the past two years, workers, mainly women, on plantations in the Indian states of Assam and West Bengal. Um, and these plantations supply tea to the giant Tetley. Those workers have been organising to demand decent water and sanitation, which is a fundamental human right. For years, workers complained to management. Their complaints were ignored. With the support of the IUF, the workers formed water and sanitation committees on six plantations to document the abominable conditions and to propose concrete improvements. At campaign meetings and rallies on World Water Day this year, the workers called on Tetley to acknowledge its responsibility to ensure respect for human rights in the supply chain by pushing local plantation management to engage in good faith negotiations with the committees. In response, Tetley has publicly acknowledged that plantation workers face water and sanitation challenges, in inverted commas, not human rights violations, and that it has a phased action plan to address the challenges. The action plan, however, excludes the workers' committees. Workers have dismissed their claims, insisting that the issue is their right to water and sanitation, that lack of access to potable water and adequate sanitation facilities affect their families' lives and health, and that there is no sustainable solution without their direct involvement. That's right. That's um, quite incredible. Um, we've um, come to the end of our um, our news roundup for the week. Um, another very interesting news roundup, often of workers um, fighting hard. It's just on 18 past uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, before we go to committee announcement, um, don't forget that uh, this Sunday at uh, 11 o'clock there is another um, anti-fascist uh, counter rally it will be at the College of Surgeons Gardens 250 Spring Street Melbourne which it's actually just opposite the um, exhibition buildings on uh, on the um, Victoria Street is it um Giselle, I always get confused with those. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it won't be hard to find, but no. if you get off at Parliament Station and walk towards the Exhibition Gardens, you'll see the uh, That's right, and it's near the St Vincent's uh, um, Hospital as well. So anyway, that's um, sorry about that. Um, Sometimes my brains got confused with those streets. Uh, it's um, tomorrow, 11 o'clock, uh, at the um, 250 Spring Street, Melbourne, Counter Rally, the far right in Melbourne. Are you wondering how to pay your donation? You can pay online by going to 3cr.org.au or call us on 94198377. You can also visit us in person at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy and pay by cash, cheque or EFTPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which programme you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR, Radio for Change. Steph Rabusa is an organiser with the uh, TCFUA section of the new super union that has been formed, the CFMMEU. Um, she's also an organiser in Migrante Melbourne and I spoke with her about the situation facing Filipino workers today. 
There are many issues facing Filipino workers um, at the moment, but one of the biggest issues, of course, is um, unemployment. So um, currently there are still around 11.5 million Filipinos who are without work or who are still looking for more work. Um, There are millions of citizens in low-paying and insecure work um, with little or no benefits. I think at the moment the unemployment rate in the Philippines is at least at 6.6%. Um, another big, biggest issue, which um, the Kilosang Mayo Uno or the May 1st movement is trying to campaign on is contractualization. So they have this campaign called End Endo, and endo means the end of contract, which is a, a practice in the Philippines where companies terminate a worker's contract before the six months of employment. Um, at the moment in the Philippines, the law requires companies to regularize their workers after six months. But, um, you know, to prevent workers from actually getting permanency and proper work entitlements, they um, terminate their contracts before the six months is due. So um, that's a really, really big problem in the Philippines right now. Um, another problem is the um, increase in minimum wage. The minimum wage at the moment is very, very low as well. Um, there's, It's only around 502 pesos a day, which is around 15 Australian dollars. And the labor movement in the Philippines has been campaigning for a rise for many, many years now to 750 pesos a day, which is around $18 um, Australian dollars. The actual living wage is actually around 27 Australian dollars. So you can imagine that that is um, that seven, 750 pesos a day is actually um, um, nearer the living wage than the actual li- than the actual minimum wage that is currently in the Philippines. Well, given the poverty and the unemployment that you've just described, it's Mm. no wonder that workers are the biggest export product of the Philippines. Where do these migrant workers end up and what are the conditions like normally for them in those host countries? Okay, so um, there are around, I think now, 1.8 million, more than 1.8 million Filipinos working abroad. Um, A lot of those Filipinos are actually working in the seafaring industry, um, which accounts for around 25% of the world's seafarers. It's, it's, it's really, it's really big. Um, There's around 10 million Filipinos um, who, who with 4.9 million of them are permanent settlers and 4.2 million are temporary migrants um, out of the 10 million Filipinos overseas. Um, a lot of them are in Saudi Arabia of those temporary migrant workers. Um, I think one-third of the temporary migrant workers are actually in Saudi Arabia. So most um, what we call OFWs or overseas Filipino workers are in the Middle East. Um, there's also a lot of undocumented workers um, all over all over the world, which is around 1.2 million Filipinos. Also, 
currently there's a lot of um, Filipino women who are um, visible in international migration. They're they are now sixty. They now account for sixty five percent of um, land based migrants um, now. So there's a lot of women workers out of the country. Um, in I think in most countries where um, temporary workers are based, um, most of the conditions are very difficult. They face a lot of abuse, mostly on a daily basis. Um, you know. According to statistics, every day at least three Filipino workers die abroad. There's also a lot of discrimination, a lot of physical abuse, you know, underpayment, sexual harassment, among other things. So, um, yeah, those are the things that um, these workers face every day outside of the country. Often we say that people's living and working conditions are a direct correlate with the size and power of the labour movement. The Philippines is a very militant labour movement. Why is the struggle so intense there? Um, I think the the struggle is intense because of the worsening problems Filipino workers are currently facing. Now, Filipinos has a rich history of fighting back, you know, since the, the colonial era. Um, I think that with what the uh, labor movement in the Philippines has done and um, all other um, sectors and sectoral movement in the Philippines is that um, they have um, given Filipinos a platform to see um, the contradictions in the country and um, you know they have never really stopped um, arousing, organizing and mobilizing workers um, also the union movement in the Philippines is also very active in educating workers of the root causes of their struggles um, and so workers understand and not only call for pay increases or increases in entitlement but they go beyond that and call for, you know, root causes of their problems. Like, um, they and, and the solutions that they think are um, going to going to better their situations, like the call for national industrialization and, um, you know, genuine land reform. There's also a vibrant and militant women's movement as well. What are some of the major demands of working women in the Philippines? So um, the the major demands in of the women in the Philippines are are mostly the same as um, what the labor movement um, demands. Like n- right now, women um, still count among the poorest um, sectors in the countries. Um, they work more forty hours or more, and that excludes hours spent on you know domestic responsibilities. Um, also, of course, there is a big campaign and big call for the end of violence against women. Um, you know, according to reports, there rape incidences, sexual harassment and that are actually increasing. So um, despite, um, despite what um, the government is saying in terms of um, decrease in violence, um, violence against women are, are are actually increasing, so that is one of the um, one one of the biggest calls of the women's movement in the Philippines.
Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 9419 8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. Yes, if you haven't pledged to 3CR's Radiothon this year, please get onto that. We uh, rely on your money. It's you that keeps us on air. We desperately need it, so please do that. But thank you for tuning in to today's show. We will be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow, and have a great weekend, and stay tuned to 3CR for Palestine Remembered. You've just been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. Radiothon 2018 is on from June the 4th to the 17th. 3CR, fight for your mic, and we need your support to continue to be an independent, radical voice promoting social and political justice and change. We're asking you, our listeners, to donate to the station to keep us going. This year, we need to make $250,000 to keep the station on air, so any amount you can afford makes a big difference. So call us on 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.